good morning slash afternoon. Welcome to the Towers and Rice podcast, a perfectly possible chat and Africa podcast. I'm your host, Winslow Robinson, flying solo for the time being. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, African Development Jobs. African Development Jobs, a site run by Nino Arduro, seeks to connect development workers with professional development resources and work opportunities in Africa. On a quest to help diversify development, it highlights the voices and issues of Africans and the diaspora in the field. It is also the best site for finding employment in the development field in Africa that I know of. I have an admission to make. I recorded this podcast almost a year ago, and I never got around to posting it in my almost never-ending quest to find a podcast co-host, but I might have found one. And to celebrate this auspicious occasion, I am uploading the backlog of pods that I should have done basically a year ago. If this seems dated, it is. If there's any reference to next month or next year, they're referring to 2014 through 2015. I am an incompetent, lazy person. I can live with that. Now, on to the show. Ji uh, Chong, eating could could you let me know what exactly is a cook stove and why should it matter to our audience? Sure. Uh, so, uh, cook stove is uh, um, so. First of all, the Global Alliance for Clean Cook Stoves uh, we're promoting the cooking clean cooking technologies and uh, solutions. So Cookstow is obviously a device that everyone uses to cook their food and meals. Uh, so I think what it matters is, uh, believe it or not, uh, about half of the world population are still using traditional cookstoves or open fire to cook their meals. And this causes uh, about 400, 4 million deaths per year due to the indoor air uh, pollution. So I think uh, you know it's important uh, someone like the organization of World Bank or Global Alliance to address this indoor air pollution issue, as long as this is a uh, women and environmental and energy uh, and rural uh, economic development issues. So I think that's why it is important. Wow. Yeah, and I I think particularly uh, as it relates to Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, you know, the subcontinent has more than 700 million people or about 80 percent of its population rely on traditional use of biomass for cooking, uh, you know, biomass, including wood, charcoal, um, uh, animal, animal waste, crop residues, um, you know, as their as main source of energy for both cooking and heating. Um, and also in, in Africa, um, my my professor Rob Billis at Yale and his colleagues estimate that uh, household biomass use will likely to result in um, another eight million um, premature deaths as a result of lower respiratory infections, uh, especially among young children in Sub-Saharan Africa between 2000 and 2030. So. Walk us through what a traditional cook stove looks like and what um, a new cook stove that, that you're talking about looks like and how the new cook stove would affect people's everyday life. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can take a crack here. Uh, so, uh, you know, technically at the Alliance, we use the definition 
to, to separate the traditional cook stoves and improve the cook stove or even cleaner or more efficient cook stoves by the tiers. Uh, and by tiers, I mean, you know, there are some indicators uh, of uh, stove efficiency, uh, including, you know, the, the combustion efficiency and also emission uh, efficiency. So there are, those are some parameters um, basically to tell you if a stove is clean or efficient. Uh, so, so in general, you know, a traditional cook stove is just a, a pot, you know, set on uh, on the open fires. You have a few stones, uh, and then you just light the fire, uh, and and you cook on top of the the fire uh, in that in that pot. So uh, apparently, you know, a lot of smoke coming out of the cooking activities, uh, which is really harmful uh, for, you know, the women and children around in the kitchen. Ji Chong, tell us about how quickly cook stoves are being used and, and utilized all over the world. Yeah, so, uh, uh, like I was saying, uh, you know, this issue, first of all, has been picked up real quick. Uh, we were... Um, launched uh, about four years ago uh, by the United Nations Foundation and uh, the former U.S. Uh, State Secretary Hillary Clinton. And then just uh, two months ago in New York, uh, Hillary Clinton and us, we uh, co-hosted a high-level clean cook stove summit uh, in New York. So uh, we really got, uh, you know, uh, quite high-level attention around the world. Uh, and, you know, uh, under our intervention globally, I think people are uh, getting this issue um, and the governments are uh, trying to address this issue with, uh, with their uh, top priorities uh, and engagements. So uh, uh, I've seen already a lot of progress uh, being made. People are adopting cleaner and um, uh, improved the stoves. Wow, that's that's tremendous. So in four years that this has right, begun, correct, that you've correct. actually seen a, a difference being made. Yiting, we're going to shift to you real quick. We describe cook stoves. How do cook stoves fit perhaps in China? Is it something that, that Chinese people um, use or think about or or anything actually yeah i mean um you know it's it's an issue that every developing in every country actually um has faced and, and you know some country have you know the western countries have transitioned mostly to um natural gas cook stoves and, and electrical stoves um, and china was going through that transition primarily in starting in the 80s when the Chinese government wrote out a national improved cook stove program, um, where it tried to, you know, the the Ministry of Agriculture was was the primary agency operating this program, and then I think they claim at the end that they distributed more than a uh, hundred million cook stoves in um, the major parts of the country. Yeah, so, you know, but there's studies being done to follow up to assess the programs and, you know, some of them might not be counted towards improved efficient stoves and some of them sort of have fallen into despair. Um, so, there, you know, there's a variety of quality, um, but it is really, it's, it's, it's the largest government-sponsored improved cooks program in the world just by the scale of it. Um, and, you know, I think 
even though some there are some setbacks, I think it's still the most successful program. Um, that, but you know, as as the problems are being a lot outlined in some of the uh, studies, that's also why um, you know China just recently joined the, the alliance as a country partner, right, to continue to disseminate um, to diffuse energy-efficient cookstoves, especially among the rural populations in China, who many of them still lack access to clean um, burning cookstoves. And actually, a lot of people in China especially rely on coal um, for, for cooking and heating, and that it's actually especially polluting and damaging to people's health. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big issue still in China. Um, and even more of an issue in the rest of the developing world where, you know, 90, 80% of the population still use biomass on um, inefficient cooking cells or open fires. Before we move into China, Africa, mm-hmm. I want to ask both of you, can you give me some testimonials for people who have used cook stoves and, and the difference it made in their lives? I want our listeners to understand the significance of cook stoves. Um, and maybe they don't realize quite what a big deal it is to transition from traditional cook stoves to uh, improved models. Uh, I can um, give yeah. you uh, one quick example. Uh, so maybe, for example, in Africa, I know, <laughs> you know, uh, women spend uh, two to four hours averagely per day for cooking. Uh, you know, so, so with a, with the open fire stove or a traditional uh, stove. So just imagine, you know, uh, improved uh, stoves work, in, you know, mostly, of course, the efficiency uh, will be much higher, so which can save them a lot of time. So just imagine, you know, uh, if they have uh, four additional hours, let's just say four uh, per day, so they can use those hours to, you know, either uh, do more productivity work or uh, uh, to have more income generation work uh, or, you know, have more time to go to school, get uh, advanced education, uh, et cetera. And also, you know, they, most of the women in Africa, they spend hours not only cooking, but also collecting the fields for the cook stoves. Uh, so which can be dangerous. They're exposed to, to the gender violation on their way. Uh, so those are some major impact uh, about, you know, a more efficient cook stove versus uh, traditional cook stoves. And same thing in China. So, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying, uh, and I know you both been to China, uh, I'm quite familiar with China. So cooking in China is a big thing, particularly if there are festivals or, you know, you have friends uh, stop by. Uh, cooking can, you know, take up to uh, one to two hours. So if a more efficient stove can save a lot of time, of course, that'll make uh, people's life more easier and, uh, you know, have a lot of big impact there. Terrific. Yi yeah. Ken, what about you? Um, you know, I I also have done a lot of field work in um, India and, um, you know, in a particular place where there are um, a lot of new, pe- new, new households um, using LPG, uh, liquefied petroleum gas, which is basically like cooking with clean burning gas. Um, and that has, uh, you know, been a major transformation in a lot of people's um, livelihoods in terms of you know, access to really clean burning technologies, um, you know, quite a departure from still burning biomass, even in the most efficient biomass stove. 
Uh, and people talk about how, you know, they were able to just really quickly fix, fix breakfast, fix dinner, and then they had more time to work, um, to work in the fields or to uh, engage in other income generating activities. Um, but, you know, it's, it's also, you know, it's not uh, also sort of black and white, good and bad um, difference between the, 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 the alternative stove and the traditional stove. Because in my research, I still see a lot of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see people just getting rid of their um, traditional stove as soon as they have the new one. I, they, they find utilities in actually each kind of new product that can put their hands on. And you know, different stoves meet um, various different needs these people have. Um, for example, the old stove sometimes is still good for like cooking beans and those kind of um, big pots of beans that require a lot of time and require a lot of um, power to cook. And then you know, sometimes people prefer the the flavor of the bread um, made on the traditional cook stoves over the, for example, the LPG cook stove. Um, so it's, you know, it's more about a combinations of different fuels and different stoves that people are relying that um, gave them a lot more options um, when, when they have different needs and when they are during, during different times of the day and when they have guests and so on. So I see, you know, greater access to different choices, um, but that also means, you know, still having the old cook stove at home um, means um, still significant amount of exposure to pollutants um, that that come out of these traditional cook stoves, and so it's still it's still a public health hazard, but just in terms of convenience, in terms of modernity and, and utilities that come with the modernity, um, things have you know become a lot better with these new cook stoves. Wow! Terrific. And, and I think it's a really, really excellent point that, that both of you are touching upon, or, or a series of points, uh, the, the utility of cook stoves and the impact of lives, but also that new technology in and of them itself doesn't necessarily always replace the old technology entirely, and there's ways that people <clears throat> use new technology and old technology concurrently to make their lives better. and. Well, really fascinating, and, and maybe off topic, we'll off off pod, we will discuss it further. But I want to dive in now that you've set the ground for you, you set the stage for what cook stoves are and and how <clears throat> and and how they operate. What would cook stoves mean for the China Africa relationship? And 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 cook stoves are concept of cook stove technology is definitely something that trends more towards international non-governmental organizations. This is not something that I usually associate with China or, or Chinese aid. And you are both Chinese, but mm -hmm. you don't work for um, the Chinese government or in, in any capacity. What do these cook stoves mean for the China-Africa relationship? How would they function in terms of how Chinese aid is dispersed? Yeah, um... So, you know, even though my fieldwork has been primarily looking at the cook stove markets in East Africa uh, and parts of India, and also the, you know, the role of climate um, carbon markets plays in financing these programs um, that, you know, on the surface of it have nothing to do with China, but, but China pops up all the time in, in the, in, you know, in the course of the research, um, mainly, um, 
uh, mainly in the area of, of being a provider of um, cook stoves, uh, of, of cook, cook stove products. Um, so some of the major, um, you know, big names of cook stove distributors and, and uh, designers are actually are, you know, uh, companies like uh, EnviroFit International, BioLite, um, the Burn, Burn Stove Lab. They're all sort of American entrepreneurs uh, who came up with those in American labs and actually had them manufactured in China and shipped to Africa um, you know, or, or other parts of the world um, through, through distributors in, in um, Africa. And, and then, you know, the, this company stressed that this is the only, their only way to produce these cook stove cost effectively because China has such a great capacity to produce these cook stove, um, you know, with, with a very flexible capacity to provide the, the quantity that companies desire and, and just really good quality at a really affordable price, you know, given, even given all the transportation and all the all the custom tax that has the company has to pay. Um, so you know that's where I first see that China is already playing a role in the you know global cook stove market. Wow! And so I'll just add uh, apparently you know like uh, eating said you know China I think China can play a strong uh, leadership role in this because you know like eating said. Uh, uh, China has a strong manufacturing base and capacity. Apparently, you know, a lot of uh, the world's leading stove companies, their manufacturing, their products were parts of their uh, products in China and then shipped to Africa. So definitely, you know, um, around technology transfer or, you know, just even free trade, there's a lot of opportunity that China and Africa, they can uh, uh, partner uh, together with each other. And the second layer is, you know, um, the South-South collaboration is always a you know, hot topic uh, for the global community. Um, you know, what the Chinese government, particularly Winslow, when you mentioned the foreign aid, what the Chinese government has been done uh, are mostly are, you know, just donating some uh, products, final products, and then just give away to African countries like, you know, refrigerators, uh, air conditioners. So uh, I don't know if that model uh, is the best model uh, because, you know, first, the, the end users may not find that those products were useful. Secondly, you know, uh, there are still a lot of issues like, uh, you know, they, there are some, some people say, you know, the Chinese government are still basically to support their Chinese manufacturers and companies uh, by start those bidding process and then just per produce those products and then send to Africa. So I think the stoves or cook stoves uh, present a great opportunity for both Chinese government and Africans because, you know, uh, for cook stove collaboration, it covers the whole supply chain. Uh, so from, you know, the, the Chinese and Africans can, you know, co-design a product and then, you know, have a really decreed uh, uh, conversation and dialogue about you know technology transfer capacity building and then all the way down to the the um, marketing distribution and then after sales services etc and even awareness campaign so i i see you know a great opportunity for a cookso south south collaboration and that's what the alliance uh, is working on with the chinese government right now actually 
So we're uh, we're trying to design uh, Cook Clean Cook Stoves uh, South South collaboration program uh, launching next year, uh, and then uh, we'll be working with the Chinese government for the detailed uh, planning uh, and work plans next year. Oh my gosh, that is fantastic! Did you hear and, that? And quite the scoop to reveal this information on the podcast. I hope that's okay. I hope that wasn't a secret. Uh, no, yeah, not at all. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think yeah. people will. And I actually. Oh. Go ahead. Um, so I actually uh, got to talk to uh, a manager for a major cook stove manufacturer in Uganda this summer, and she was telling me about the trip she went on organized by the Global Alliance for Clean Cook Stoves to visit um, you know, a group of Chinese man- cook stove manufacturers and entrepreneurs. Um, right. And you know, she was really thrilled to do that, and it was really eye-opening for her. And then she says the level of, um, you know, the sophistication of, of the assembly line in these Chinese, manu- Chinese factories, um, you know, there's no way to find um, African equivalent or, you know, there will be no way that African would have this kind of access to this kind of technology. Um, so, and I think there, you know, there's great potential for, um, you know, China helping setting up manufacturing facilities in Africa and serving the African markets. Um, you know, it could it could done in the form of a joint ownership and joint investment, um, where you know true technology transfer happens and and and, and along this line, there's also going to be creation of local employment opportunities. Um, you know, and I think there are you know, already existing frameworks um, between within China Africa and with South-South cooperation to really channel energy into this sector. Uh, you know, FOCAC, the, the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation, the 2012 action plan talks a lot about cooperation in clean energy and renewable um, resources and talks about helping African establish processing and manufacturing bases and, you know, increase links with local enterprises and communities and so on. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, this is not necessarily something that government is actively doing, but there are so many ways that a partnership in the you know, biomass or in the cooking energy sector could tremendously benefit um, local, local population and communities in Africa. And I think, you know, there's, I think personally that some of the distribution companies established in Africa, you know, by both African entrepreneurs and Western entrepreneurs could serve as a really good examples of uh, innovative distribution, innovative consumer financing that even China could potentially uh, learn from, right? even though it has already a lot of experience in setting up a market for cookstone manufacturing. Um, but I think there's still things to learn about uh, reaching the, the last mile of the market. Wow, uh, Ji Chong, um, what did you want to add? Oh, yeah. So yeah, I was actually gonna mention about the same event uh, eating uh, mentioned already. So this uh, May in Beijing, uh, Winslow, when you say, you know, if you know, I'm worried about this reviewing this secret uh, information about the collaboration with the Chinese government. Actually, we're uh, it's it's uh, open to the public already. So. Uh, last year we did a trip uh, for Chinese 
send some Chinese manufacturers to Africa, so you know for sort of a, a study tour or learning tour. And then this year in May, uh, we actually took a bunch of uh, African manufacturers uh, to China, uh, you know, uh, to to learn, you know, what what can be um, learned or who can be partnered with uh, in China. So we're already doing this uh, sort of exchange tour, study tours uh, already, uh, which set set the stage for a larger uh, government to government, uh, and then of course public private partnership between Chinese government and a few African uh, countries already. So stay tuned. Uh, next year, uh, yeah, we'll definitely hear a lot of uh, more information coming out. That is that is great Absolutely. to hear. But yeah. I, I want to ask, it, this seems like a really great idea. Why hasn't it happened yet? And why is it that these manufacturers haven't been haven't been able to relocate in Africa or haven't been able to get the products at the hands of their users and actually make a, a profit off of it. And I, I want to know sort of the structural barriers. And I say this because, you know, if you do China-Africa for any period of time, everything you're saying is completely true. And every high-level meeting between um, the Chinese government and any given African government will talk about technology transfer and, and, and a win-win partnership, but sometimes it doesn't always manifest on the ground. And this sounds like a really great idea, and there's a lot of people pushing behind the scenes to make it work. But what what are the issues about why either mass uh, mass sale of cook stoves or local manufacture of cook stoves or different distribution channels ha- haven't arisen yet? I'm wondering if, if you could talk about some of these structural issues for us. Sure. Uh, so I think so. First of all, at the structure level, I think uh, one of the reasons was apparently, you know, because some people say, "Oh, cook stoves." You know, uh, some policymakers and government officials they never thought about it. It matters to many people. So you know, uh, they've been talking about you know uh, infrastructure collaboration, energy, uh, and you know those traditional foreign aid collaboration. Uh, and this is true for not only Chinese African leaders, but also you know some leaders in the U.S. in the Western world. Uh, so that's how and 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 also this sector you know cook stoves it's a you know it's a very small product. Uh, it's this sector is very uh, fragmented. A lot of you know all kinds of players, uh, manufacturers producing different kinds of products. So that's why you know four years ago uh, the secretary. Clinton and the UN Foundation and many others, they decide. Okay, so this issue is important, and we're gonna, you know, pull all the resources together to uh, launch a international organization, which is the Alliance, to address this issue with the strongest, uh, you know, attention and resources, uh, and mobilize, uh, you know, all actions to uh, address this issue from a top-down approach. Uh, so that's that's one. And secondly. So you know, uh, at the manufacturer level, I think what what I heard from the African manufacturers is always, you know, because the products is you know there are uh, thousands of kinds of products, and because of the you know the the distance and the language culture issues, even though they can reach out to China, they can probably you know find five or ten manufacturers, 
but they couldn't see the big picture and you know what are all the top level manufacturers uh, that potentially they can partner with in China. So I I think that's why you know um, apparently uh, those African or Chinese stove manufacturers they've been out there for many years already. They don't need the alliance or someone else to uh, you know connect with them. Uh, but you know now with with this global attention with uh, consolidated uh, resources uh, and help, so probably you know uh, bring this issue up to a national level. Uh, set it as a national agenda. It's helpful to have the transparency uh, uh, for a, for a collaboration program, and then so it's easier and more efficient for both sides, uh, you know, to find the right partner and figure out uh, what are the the issues and barriers, and then uh, find the solutions. Wow, that was a, an exhaustive answer. Eating. <laughs> um, I mean, I think you're right when so. So that there is such a long history of um, efforts by governments and international aid groups, you know, since the 1970s to disseminate um, efficient, improved cookstoves, you know, across the developing world. And, and there are so many reasons why, you know, there hasn't been really a revolutionary um, progress happening. Um, you know, for reasons we talked about, is, you know, people don't just, you know, jump onto the new stove while discarding their own. Um, and then, you know, some of the products just really sort of um, really quickly fallen out of use because it doesn't um, meet the traditional cooking needs. It doesn't it just meet the the cooking practices and because it's you know designed elsewhere and and, and the cooks the local cooks were never consulted in in the design of the stoves. Uh, you know on and on so many other reasons. Uh, but I think I think maybe just and also another. Um, give you more, more context about what I've seen um, um, in the past few years, the market for cookstoves, for example, in East Africa, and how it really has grown um, in in a very short amount of time. And I think it's, you know, sort of, to me, it's a very vibrant emerging market serving the base of the pyramid population, uh, you know, very, very sexy type of enterprises that development aid organizations and governments love to support. And actually, some of the most successful groups um, operating in East Africa entered the market when the international carbon market was booming, you know, b- before 2012. Um, because the, so actually a large a number, a large portion of the cookstoves currently in, being distributed in Africa were financed by um, carbon credits. And this is, you know, especially from the voluntary market where uh, a private company um, in Europe or in America, and it purchases um, uh, 100 tons of carbon dioxide that is supposedly um, being reduced by energy-efficient cookstoves, right? Compared to a baseline of the three-stone cookstoves. So, so carbon project developers and cookstove distributors and manufacturers have been relying on carbon markets as a source of funding to, you know, kick off their projects. Uh, but nowadays, with really sort of dismal price for carbon, both in the voluntary, slightly better in the voluntary market, but really bad in the, the UN, United Nations framework on, on climate change, um, um, framework of the city, the, the clean development mechanism for carbon credits, it's 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 really terrible price. So, um, um, so you know, 
cook stove manufacturers and developers have been trying to come up with more affordable products that could reduce their reliance on carbon subsidy. Um, and they're, they're more confident than ever, too, that there is a you know, big potential among the population who are now living in urban areas, seeking wage employment, and, and li living in rental places where it becomes impractical or impossible to cook on a three-stone open fire. Um, so, but along that, there are also a lot of challenges to these um, entrepreneurs and manufacturers. Um, you know, one of it is, is as you reduce the cost of the stove, you inevitably um, uh, sort of have to undermine the quality of the cook stove. Um, there's definitely a trade-off between the, you know, the efficiency of the combustion and, and the cost. Um, so a lot of the um, manufacturers, I think, are trying to get more local assembly, starting from local assembly, and, and I think eventually moving to complete local production of stoves as a way to drive down the cost. Um, so, and, and, and I do think that this is, you know, between China and Africa, where traditionally only big projects are brought onto the agenda, uh, you know, this is a sort of a minor issue. Um, and I think there's a lot interesting, you know, just big scale, utility scale, renewable energy projects um, where China is thinking about, you know, bringing on the China Development Bank to finance these projects and bringing on Chinese solar manufacturers. Um, so I think they're used to big scale um, projects that, you know, just like a one-time one -time deal versus um, small household energy products where you really have to work on from manufacturing to distribution to, you know, to building a customer network um, and then to even providing aftercare. And this is a really, I think this is a very invested uh, long-term process that that, um, that is never too late to start now. <laughs> never too late to start. Right. Oh, wow. Well, I think that's about it. I would love to have you guys on later at a later time to further the conversation, but thank you so much for a really, <clears throat> really in-depth look at, at cook stoves, an existing, well, uh, an embryonic China-Africa cookstone initiative and the way forward for cook stoves in the future with uh, China and Africa leading the way. I think that's fantastic. Thank you guys both so much. Thank you, Winslow. Thank you yeah, for having me. Thanks for doing this. And yes, uh, we'd like to thank you. We'd like to thank African Development Jobs. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, on, on a number of other podcast platforms. We'd also like to thank Mighty Mike and Pulse Recordings for composing the theme song. And thank you, dear listeners, for giving us your time. Take care.